International Orienteering Podcast Mapping Compass Navigation Skill Orienteering Competition like International Orienteering Podcast In International Orienteering Podcast we know that uh, during Christmas there can be some extra time for listening to podcasts so we will have produced Another bonus episode. This time it's with Thomas Pabic, a real orienteering entrepreneur from uh, Poland. He uh, is the man behind the YouTube account, Into the Forest I Go. And uh, here he spread the word about orienteering, about all teaching and also some uh, interviews with with, um, uh, athletes, runners and uh, so on. You can hear about all he's doing in uh, this talk with him. I wish you nice listening. In Eva National Orienteering Podcast, uh, today we have uh, traveled to Poland and uh, to Tomasz Pabic, uh, who has an interesting uh, project. Uh, uh, I'm not uh, sure, uh, Thomas, um, was I spelling your uh, name correct? Actually not, because it's spelled Tomasz Pabich, but I'm pretty used to this kind of spelling because people usually read it as Pabich or uh, Pabich. Uh, okay, then then you uh, already mentioned your name, uh, but uh, uh, to uh, get your uh, set um, a bit more, uh, we should have some uh, uh, short facts about you. Yeah, we are going through name and uh, how old are you? I'm currently 40. And you are from Poland. Uh, and uh, what uh, education do you have? Well, my or... education is, is the master degree in computer science. So not and... totally connected with orienteering at all. No, but uh, yeah, what's your um, profession? Yeah, uh, what do you do for a living and what's your job actually? So uh, I have my own small company. We are providing training for um, project management tools in the Atlassian environment. Again, not connected with the orienteering as well. But orienteering is uh, a big part of my life. So I'm spending quite a lot of time doing uh, orienteering itself and uh, some things around orienteering, like running the uh, lately the, the YouTube channel and working with the national team in Poland as well. Yeah. Uh, where did you actually learn orienteering? Uh, I actually started orienteering when I was 12 in my primary school. And uh, the, the first person that showed me uh, what orienteering is was my geography teacher. And we were just having some you know, competition for the school kids. And one part of the competition required the, the team to go uh, into the forest and uh, do some orienteering. It, 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 it wasn't like a typical orienteering that we're doing right now, but it was uh, with a little bit more um, extravagant with some... Uh, tasks that you need to do along the way uh, but all in all this is how it started and we started doing some training uh, to be better at this competition and uh, then one or two years later a, a sport club emerged in my city and uh, what uh, what is it um, you think is the most fascinating about uh, sport of orienteering well, that's an easy one for me I, I think that um, orienteering has always been uh, super interesting to me because it's a very unique combination of physical challenge, physical activity, and the mental activity at the same time. You need to like push yourself hard physically, 
but at the same time you need to think very hard with your head be um, in a top shape when it comes to your, your memory your speed of uh, thinking uh, right now right in this moment and i think this is super difficult and i've I, i'm doing lots of different sports just for fun and out of curiosity and i've never encountered anything like that anywhere uh, is it uh, kind of uh, the most extreme or most special uh, uh, challenge um, uh, uh, kind of sport, you think? Yeah, I, I think it's definitely not the most extreme, but it is uh, the, the, the most unique, I would say, and, and the most interesting. Uh, because there are, there are definitely more extreme sports like uh, um, wingsuits, for example. Uh, but uh, orienteering is just special. It's just special uh, when it comes to this combination of physical and mental activity. Um, and uh, when you have uh, this, uh, should I call it uh, love for the sport, uh, in, uh, in the end of summer or start of the autumn, uh, you started a YouTube channel, uh, Into the Forest I Go. Isn't it called that? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, and here, uh, I've, uh, yeah, what's the philosophy behind this uh, project? All right, so th the answer is not simple uh, because there are several factors that contributed into uh, me taking on this project. Um, first of all, um, I, I, since I'm coaching the junior, uh, Polish junior national team, um, I always had this problem that when we are going, for example, for training camps and on the training camps I have people that have already been with me on the, on the camp, um, you know, for two or three years. Um, and there are also fresh people on that camp. Right. And then when we are doing uh, some uh, lectures, some workshops, some theory sessions in the afternoons or in the evenings, uh, there was always a problem what to talk about because with some people uh, I've already talked about uh, several things and some people are completely new and they, they have never heard about these concepts. So how do I how do I connect it properly so that the first group isn't bored and the second group gets the information that they need? And then I thought that it's actually the best approach is to record everything and have it stored somewhere so that um, the, the fresh people that come into this more ambitious period of trying to learn orienteering and wanting to get better at it, uh, they actually have a, a place where they can go and catch up with the materials learned. And then we can talk every, uh, together with everyone uh, who is more or less at the same level. So that was the first thing uh, that uh, drove me into starting the project. But uh, there, there, are, there are more. So the, the, another one is definitely um, my drive for, for knowledge and my curiosity about orienteering. And I thought that by uh, starting the channel, I will get more opportunities to talk with uh, awesome people and learn from them uh, their way of doing orienteering. Because I think there is no single answer. And, and there are many ways that you can train and get better at this sport. Uh, and it's, it's definitely paying off because I get the, the opportunity to talk with amazing people. Um, I'm, I'm always asking them many different questions, but some of the questions will always be around their approach to training, their approach to getting better at orienteering, their approach to um, getting better um, with managing their mental capacity and, and mental health and uh, getting along with stress and how they battle the stress. 
So these are the things that are definitely not obvious and um, require very complicated answers sometimes. And the, the more experience I have with this, the better I think I will be also uh, as a coach. So I think that this is definitely uh, another reason. Um, and then I also like teaching. So I thought that this will be also a lot of fun. Therefore, I, I've uh, started a project with um, with the, the, a time frame of one year. I gave myself one year and I've committed to myself, really, that I will um, make sure that there is one episode every week on the channel for a year, uh, which will give us about 50, 52 uh, videos. And some of them will be educa educational. Some of them will be like chats with people. Uh, so I try to make them a little bit more entertaining. But all in all, um, this is what, what it is right now. And um, and after this this one year, I will just reevaluate and see where we go from there. Uh, for how many weeks have you been uh, counting now? I don't know. Uh, I didn't really check it, but I can take a sneak peek. I think we have like maybe a, something around twenty videos so far. Yeah, twenty weeks. Then uh, a, a couple of twenty weeks uh, as we are. Uh... Uh, ending in 2022 uh, and how how is it uh, the feedback uh, uh, are we in even national orienteering podcast have noticed you're uh, popping up and uh, how has the feedback been from uh, yeah both uh, your your uh, what you call your adepts in the polish national team and uh, about uh, the personal you've been interviewed the top runners uh, yeah can you uh, describe the feedback uh, from them? Well, so far, I'm only getting the positive feedback and people uh, say that uh, it's interesting. And uh, the time that they spend in front of uh, the screen watching the, the episodes is definitely uh, important for them to grow. So that's good. Uh, and uh, I'm always looking forward to also negative feedback. So if anyone would want to share something that you know they think that might be uh, done in a better way that we can improve on uh, that's definitely also valuable so don't be shy but so far uh, with the comments on the on the youtube videos and everything uh, all, all, all i'm getting is um, positive information uh, uh, when you select the uh, interviews or uh, the p persons you talk with uh, how, how do you uh, yeah how do you pick your uh, Runners, I've seen uh, yeah a couple of top runners being uh, invited. Uh, yeah, what's the uh, what's your criteria? So uh, it depends on uh, on what I what I want to talk about basically. And uh, for example, um, when the Jaywalk races were taking place, I definitely wanted to invite. Um, uh, well, actually, I, I talked with um, um, with Hannah Lundberg a little bit earlier before Jaywalk. But after Jaywalk, I definitely wanted to also have a chat with Noel Brown. Uh, so I invited him with that pur purpose in mind. Uh, but uh, most of the other runners, uh, I've really been going through um, the world ranking and just um, trying to uh, get people interested from, from the top because that's where, where I thought the um, most interesting conversations are, are going to be. And I'm sure uh, that's not entirely true because I'm absolutely sure that I, have, I can have... Um, really awesome talks or chats with um, people that are not at the top as well and we will definitely get there uh, but i just wanted to get noticed and i thought this will be the best way 
to get people into the channel because you know if i'm doing it for a reason and the reason is to share as much knowledge as possible i also want to um, let people know that i'm here and uh, there is a channel like this and they can use it so um yeah so that's it uh how, how do you want the people to use it as you uh uh you're uh yeah so uh you're talking about uh yeah well i i think that um first of all there isn't uh, a lot of content on the internet uh in orienteering uh, when you get an opportunity to um get to know a little bit better the top athletes so i think this is um one of the things that i think people should be coming to the channel to learn a little bit more about the best in the world and see how what is their approach to training what is their approach to competing and how do they do they prepare for it um, but also as i as i mentioned our rhythm uh, basically on the channel is more or less um, one interview one chat um, followed by two videos that are more like um, educational videos uh, so i'm also hoping that uh, people will be coming to the to the channel uh, to learn more about orienteering, and um, in the future, I will also create a course for total beginners, so that w if if somebody wants to just start with orienteering, I feel like there there isn't a lot of materials on the internet right now for these kind of people. Uh, so I'm going to create um, a simple course that is going to be just just free, uh, probably for for everyone new to orienteering, and there are going to be basics that will just get you into the orienteering world. Um, and um, I've also launched a project that we were we are going to start from january um that i called orienteering academy where th this this one is addressed to a little bit more advanced runners uh, that already know what orienteering is about but want to get better at it so i want to show people how to actually get better at orienteering because i think there is a steep learning curve when it comes to this sport but there are ways to uh, learn faster and learn smarter uh, so that's what i what i want to show and i'll probably somewhere towards uh, the, the second part of the next year or probably um, create like a, a, a playlist or a course out of that as well so that uh, if someone is interested these materials will also be bundled together and available uh which kind of the material in orienteering are you uh, focusing on uh, when you're uh uh doing this uh, learning uh, i mean uh, you have the mental issues the technical issues the physical issues uh, how do you yeah how do you see those uh, compared to each other um i think that i will mostly be focusing on the first two so mental and technical um physical issues probably as uh, as the uh, later part because i feel that there is actually um information about uh, physical preparedness uh, on the internet and if somebody wants to uh, read about it there are quite a lot of materials there are books there are channels uh, so this kind of uh, materials are there and that's why it's not my priority i think that uh, te technicalities of of orienteering and uh, mental preparation for 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 the start these are the um, the biggest sources of problems issues when it comes to especially younger runners and I think this is where people are struggling. So this is where I think that the help will be needed the most. Uh, and how how will this uh, learning um, yeah, take part? Uh, will it be like uh, uh, you're having a course, uh, a course that uh, they have to be in module one, two, and three? And uh, yeah, how will you set it up? 
So I'm not sure yet, uh, but probably yes. Probably I will just make an online course. Uh, I'll, I'll create a website for it and it will be available somewhere on the website. You can just sign up for it and uh, go from module one to module, I don't know, 10. We will see. And uh, yeah, uh, uh, is it possible to uh, to get uh, uh, totally outlearned in orienteering? Or uh, I, I, do you think it's uh, always uh, something new to learn? Um, so I think that it depends on the, on the time frame that you're looking at. And it also depends on uh, what you exactly mean. Because in terms of skills, um, I think that there is a finite um, number of skills that you need to acquire to be good at orienteering. And of course, uh, you, you will never be a master of all of them, right? The, the, the whole life is about learning. And even if you're super good at something, uh, there are always seconds that are being lost somewhere and you can probably do it slightly better. But the better you are, the smaller this margin becomes, right? It's the same with, with physical training. If you're already running uh, one kilometer with uh, two minutes and 40 seconds, it's really hard to get better. It's possible, but it's super hard, right? And, and it, it, the same is with technique. Uh, so so um, I think that you can learn uh, all, all, the, all the time, but you can also get to a level where you feel comfortable with your skills. Like I think Daniel Hoban, for example, is at this level right now, uh, which is definitely shown, for example, by his training regime, because he's doing not that many map trainings. Uh, he's uh, he has actually um, quite a lot of uh, track running and off the map running because he doesn't need uh, to to um, get his technical skills on uh, on higher level anymore. Um, but at the same time, a big part of orienteering is being able to figure out. Uh, um, and this is actually what our last episode on the channel is about: being able to figure out what the terrains in a, in a, in a terrain, sorry, or the features in the terrain. Uh, how do I map to what you can see on the piece of paper you're holding in your hand? And this can be tricky sometimes because the hill in Sweden will look a little bit different than the the hill in uh, Spain or in Poland or, or uh, in Israel, right? So uh, this this will always be a challenge. There are different parts of the world, different types of the terrains that you have to adjust to. Yeah, and then you have to go to uh, yeah uh, relevant terrains and relevant map uh, specific training. But uh, but you say say it's always uh, something you can learn. Uh, uh, yeah, just to challenge you a bit, uh, who is the the guy or the runner in orienteering that has been closest to be uh, yeah, uh, uh, perfect. It's difficult to say, but yeah, I used to know what perfect orienteering runner. Well, obviously, I can't say for sure uh, because there's no way of checking it. Uh, but I think that Thierry Jojo was the guy that I've personally admired. And uh, I, I, I've admired him for his um, not only his skills, uh, because he definitely was amazing when it comes to technical running with the map, but also his. Um, mental toughness and his 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 drive to become the best in the world this this is actually what inspired me about him uh, that that uh, at some point he decided that he's just going to do his best uh, for a certain period of time and uh, do everything he can to improve on his orienteering and, and i think he also was um, a precursor uh, in some areas uh, for example doing lots of night training because uh, the the day uh, map running was already not that challenging to him, so he switched to night running. So um, it, when you're talking about some kind of idols in this area, I think uh, he's definitely one of them. 
But as I mentioned already, Daniel Hubman, I think he might be the second one as uh, well winning a uh, uh, World Cup race at the age of 40. Uh, that's definitely a feat. And he, he, he's just achieved that like one, mo one month ago. And that's absolutely amazing. And I've been following Daniel's, he's, he's the same age as I am. So I've been following his career uh, almost all the time and absolutely brilliant runner uh, and uh, a great, great uh, guy when it comes to technique of orienteering as well. Uh, then, then you mentioned two really good uh, runners who is uh, stretching the limits. Uh, but uh, but uh, yourself, uh, since you started in 20 weeks, uh, uh, what's the most um, astonishing or uh, yeah, uh, uh, surprisingly you have learned of uh, the talks or the interviews uh, so far that you will share also with us? Um, you mean from the people that I've interviewed? Yeah, yeah, from the people. Yeah, yeah, coming so, up. Uh, the thing that I like the most uh, out of all the chats they have, uh, like if I if I combine it all together, I always had this um, feeling in my head that do, learning orienteering is actually a lot about not just running with the map uh, and and doing the track trainings, um, but also doing the work outside of those right so doing the, the mental pre pre uh, preparations before the start uh doing the visualizations um doing the uh, route choice planning uh dry route choice planning without running uh these kind of things that require the, the, the ambitious runners to actually spend some time outside of the standard training sessions and uh, almost everyone that i'm talking about Whenever I um, ask them about this topic, they always say that they do quite a lot in these areas. And I think this is what makes them the best in the world because they do this extra step. They, they cross this extra mile uh, to get to uh, the level that for other people will uh, not be easily achievable because they, they just do the running. And this is where the difference lies. And, and I'm, uh, I'm happy that people are confirming that. Uh, you are uh, confirmed to other sports. Uh, do you think um, uh, orienteers are more dedicated uh, in uh, in their sports? Uh, can you tell something about that? No, I I, I don't I don't think so. Uh, because I think that you will find ambitious players, ambitious runners everywhere. Um, even if someone is doing ski jumping, it doesn't mean that uh, he or she um, will not spend, you know, several hours a day preparing for uh, the their biggest competition of of the year. Uh, so you will find super ambitious and talented people everywhere. Um, I, I don't think our returning is anything special in this area. It was uh, quite a good uh, example that uh, in Poland I know that uh, ski jumpers are really. Yeah, really big stars uh, like uh, Adam Malish, and sure. you were prob probably following the Four Hills tournament now during uh, the new year, uh, I, I will uh, suspect. Uh, but uh, how will you uh, follow the orienteering in 2023? Uh, just uh, yeah, from your, uh, your no, I will call it a new kind of way. How will you fo follow it? Uh, I'm not sure if I get a question. Yeah, I, I will uh, just, uh, if you have seen another way, if you open your eyes or something that you look at orienteering as sport in another way, 
when you're analyzing, like you've done uh, the latest, uh, yeah, half year? Will it, uh... Uh, no, no, I don't think so. So for me personally, uh, not much have, have changed. Um, I think that orienteering is still the, the same sport as it was for me. It, it, starting the channel doesn't doesn't change it for me. Um, it's more like the confirmation um, that is important to me because uh, it's really great that I can see that uh, the the things that I'm teaching to the youth in Poland uh, are the the same things that top athletes are also doing uh, almost every day. Uh, so that's awesome to hear. Uh, but yeah, that doesn't change anything for me, and it doesn't change how I look at the, the sport uh, in general. But uh, how, how is it uh, with your ambitions now? Is it as an uh, orienteering missionary uh, teaching, uh, or is it uh, as a uh, age forty runner, uh, or uh, how uh, how uh, do you look at that? <laughs> okay, so uh, <laughs> I I think that my ambitions when it comes to orienteering they have been forgotten a long time ago so i haven't been an ambitious uh, orienteering runner myself for a long time mainly because i'm getting injured very often and i think that like my, my body doesn't handle um, a lot of running stress well and if i tr try to do a little bit more training uh, which i would love to uh, I'm just getting injured uh, quite quickly, and I, I unfortunately can't skip that. Uh, therefore, I'm for for many years now. I'm just trying to have as much fun as possible, and running uh, with the map in the forest or even doing sprints is a lot of fun for me. Uh, so that's definitely one part of it. But also uh, spending time with uh, people that want to learn more about orienteering and sharing the, sharing the knowledge that I have uh, is also a lot of fun. And also learning from other people is also a lot of fun. So all it, it, it this is all it comes down to having fun, I guess. Yeah. So uh, so you'll take uh, all of it, uh, and uh, and uh, what uh, what is the best part with orienteering, as you think, uh, as you see it? Is it like uh, going to new uh, countries, new areas, new terrains, uh -huh. or is it meet people, or uh, yeah? Can you describe uh, what's the most fascinating and good with uh, orienteering sport <laughs> yeah so i i could but that would take like 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> and uh i've actually uh, had this very similar chat um some time ago with andrina benjaminsen uh it's it's also on on our channel on youtube the chat with andrina benjaminsen and i've asked her let's do this channel andrina challenge let's let's talk about the things that we love about orienteering and i asked her to prepare the list i've prepared the list myself and we've we went through all the things that we like about this sport and and i think by the way it's an amazing exercise for everyone that has like um, a little bit worse days maybe injuries um, maybe lack of motivation i think it's it's an amazing exercise to go through and just remember what is what is this sport all about and why is it so much fun uh, but if I would uh, be to say like uh, at least two or three things, I think one of one I've already mentioned. So uh, the first one is that it's it's such a challenging sport, and every race is different, and every race is a new challenge, and that's what I love about it. Uh, the second, uh, I think it's uh, being close to nature. I, I love nature, and I love being in a forest. Uh, so maybe that's where the name of the the channel comes from: to the forest I go. Uh, I just love it, uh, and uh, orienteering takes me to these amazing places that I would probably never see otherwise. And I think the third thing uh, from 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 the top 
would be the people uh, the people that are attracted to orienteering. I think it's like a um, special kind of people uh, that are really open, uh, that are very friendly, uh, smiling a lot, intelligent, uh, easy to talk to. So these would be the top three probably from the top of my head. Uh, that that sounds uh, really good. Uh, and uh, uh, what's uh, what's your ambitions with uh, the YouTube channel? Uh, do you counting viewers? So is that ambitions or or just uh, uh, make it uh, known in the orienteering community? And uh, yeah, what's the goal? So I'm I'm still pondering my head, uh, trying to figure out what is the goal really, because. Um, it's evolving, I would say. So the initial goal was to just capture, uh, create kind of like a knowledge base uh, on the internet for everyone interested in, in looking for it. Uh, but of course, the knowledge base that is not, uh, you know, available, not easily accessible, not known about, uh, it's wasted. So absolutely, I want to um, reach as many people as possible. Uh, but it's that having the, the certain number, let's say, of subscribers of the channel. This is this is not the goal. Uh, this is this is just a, a let's call it a medium to get more people uh, to uh, to know about the, this place. Um, but when it comes to the long-term goals, I'm not sure yet. Uh, as I said, I will definitely reevaluate everything after 12 months and see if I want to keep going or not, because this this is you know definitely taking a lot of time. And uh, by the way, I, I want to give a shout out to Mateusz Kula. That is, he's the guy that is helping with post-productions of the video. Uh, so sometimes I say we, because we are working together. It's not just me, but Mati's helping me a lot. And uh, it, it's definitely um, worth mentioning that, uh, that there is another person behind the scenes that you don't see, uh, but he's doing uh, a great work as well. Uh, so after after 12 months, uh, I, I will see. There, there is this idea that maybe uh, it's possible to make a, a small commercial project out of it and uh, earn some money um, along the lines that will maybe keep us uh, going in the direction. But we will see. Uh, I, I, have, I haven't decided yet. Um, and for now, I'm just focusing on providing the, the education. That's something that I just felt somewhere deep in my heart that I want to do. And I also felt like there isn't such a place on the internet right now uh, for orienteers. So I'm trying to fill that void. Uh, and when that's done, uh, I, I will uh, think about what are the next steps. Um, uh, are you see, uh, saying that you're uh, using a lot of time uh, and you're uh, definitely filling a space that is missing. Uh, but uh, can you quantize the time you're uh, having a job uh, beside? Uh, is it... Uh, are you working uh, 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 as much with uh, this uh, uh, Interforest I go uh, as in, in your civil job? No, no, it's definitely not taking as much time as, as a um, day job. Uh, but if, uh, if I would be to say in hours how much time it takes, I, I would say that it takes about... Um, four to seven hours per week to to record a video and prepare everything for it uh, and then probably about another another four hours to uh, for, in a post-production to to um, put everything together with the um, social media channels and, and youtube thumbnails and everything uh, so that's probably all together between me and mati about uh, 10 12 hours a week 
And uh, upon that, you're also uh, yeah working with the junior national team in uh, Poland. So it uh, means a lot of orienteering uh, during uh, a traditional week. Yeah, and I'm also working in a, in my local sports club. <laughs> so so uh, it's every day some uh, some orienteering, uh, uh, except of own uh, training and so on. I would say so. Yeah, almost every day. And uh, but uh, about that, as we're um, talking about uh, Christmas and so on, uh, uh, is it uh, any? Uh, yeah, you have uh, advising uh, in your local club and in the junior national team. Uh, uh, if I would challenge you for, uh, and you've also heard from the top runners uh, what they do, uh, would you recommend uh, some of our listeners what uh, uh, your favorite session during? Uh, the Christmas holiday, maybe. Training session, you mean? Yeah, training sessions to uh, yeah, go so, out and uh, have fun and train. Yeah, we have this we have this small tradition in our sports club that I've also seen uh, in many other places uh, on the internet. Uh, so others are doing it definitely as well. Um, we usually create a, a run that is shaped in some kind of a Christmas decoration. It might be a Christmas tree. It might be a, a uh, a, a star it might be reindeer whatever uh something that uh, is connected to christmas and and we and it's usually like the corridor run that we do uh so that's probably what we are going to do on saturday i've been talked uh, with the second coach today uh about it and and that's what we are doing on saturday uh so i think this is pretty cool uh and uh it's more like fun rather than training although it, it is a corridor training so it is a little bit of a challenge right um, and I, I recommend everybody to, at least from time to time, do something with orienteering just for fun. Uh, it might be micro-orienteering. Uh, that, that's also always challenging and intensing. Um, and and I, I like, like doing this as well. So these are probably the two that I would, I would mention over here. Just have fun. Uh, just have fun. But uh, most fun is uh, winning. And... Uh... Just to have a prediction from you, uh, who will be the biggest star when we go to 2023 in the orienteering world? Um, I think my money would be on Casper Fosser now. Uh, I think that he has the biggest potential for the next season when it comes to man class at least. Um, because he's already dominated the world ranking this year. He's young. Uh, he's ambitious. Uh, he knows what he's doing. So I had a chat with him last week, uh, and uh, I know that he will be going strong into the next season as well. So I, I expect big things from him. Uh, and in the women's world, I think there will be still uh, a big battle between Tova Alexanderson that will definitely be uh, at the very top. Uh, uh, not not through the next season, but probably. Um, for, for several next seasons still, uh, unless she gets injured. But I also think that Simone Abersold and uh, maybe even someone else might give her the run for her money. That uh, sounds uh, like uh, good uh, predictions, uh, I think. Uh, and uh, as uh, we are ending this talk, we also recommend everyone uh, to go into the YouTube channel, uh, Into the Forest I Go. And is there something uh, you will say uh, before we are uh, 
wishing each other a, a happy new year, uh, Thomas. Yeah, so I, I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to wish everybody um, happy new year as well. I want to thank you, Ivar, and the other Ivar as well for, for running the podcast. I think that uh, it's amazing that uh, there are more people that are doing content for the orienteering community. I think we need it. So I appreciate you guys. Thanks a lot for doing your job. Uh, and I hope that you're having fun along the way as well, just like, like I, I do. The fun is uh, always the most important thing, uh, Thomas. Thank you a lot and uh, bye-bye. Thanks, Ivar. Thanks, everyone. I'm Raul Ferra, head coach of Harden Ski Club, and I always listen to Ivar National Orienting Podcast to get the best overviews and analysis of the main events in the orienteering season. Ivar National Orienteering Podcast, mapping compass, navigation skill, orienteering competition. Running like a motherfucker. Ivar National Orienteering Podcast.